Houston Dynamo, Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas, Los Angeles Galaxy, Beach Pass, Toronto FC, Salt Lake, Chicago Fire, Columbus Crew, FC Dallas, York Red Bulls, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. We are back. MLS season kicking off this past weekend. Pitch Pass kicking off this week. Thank you so much to everybody who has tweeted us asking when the show is going to return at Pitch Pass. If you want to follow us on Twitter, the answer to that question is right now. It's been a long, eventful offseason, and now it is time to play some soccer and talk to some soccer players. And if you're new to Pitch Pass, we don't do things like everybody else does. This isn't an X's and O's show. This is a get-to-know-the-person-behind-the-player show. And if you're still confused, you won't be after this episode. And thank you very much for downloading it. Please tell some friends about Pitch Pass and PitchPass.com. Speaking of the show, let's kick off the first show of the year with a guy who we started to get to know at the end of last season, but really got to know him Saturday as he was a stone wall in Houston versus Columbus Crew. I'm talking about goalkeeper Tyler Derrick. He joins us right now on the show. Tyler, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing all right, Greg. Are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Um, I wanted to talk to you about this past weekend. Um, For me, as an MLS fan who didn't even know if we were going to get matches this past weekend, and then getting the matches and not just matches, but the matches that we got, uh, it was really, really great and exhilarating to have MLS back in our lives. And you were one of the standouts of the weekend. What were your thoughts, I guess, in general about having MLS back? And uh, how close do you think you guys were to maybe not having an opening weekend? Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, I thought the matches this weekend were great. And I showed the quality that we have in the league. Uh, with all Kaka signing and Giovinco signing and uh, those players playing a big role in the games that they played. And I think it's great for the fans, and I think it's great for the league and great for U.S. soccer. And uh, secondly, uh, it, it was uh, – I thought a strike was going to be – was happening. I thought it was pretty close, you know, with the, the offers that were made by MLS. And from what I heard what was going on in New York, uh, things weren't going too well, but uh, – you know, uh, an agreement was made. Uh, our union representatives, uh, they represented us well. And uh, and thankfully, uh, a deal was made, and we, we got to play on the weekend. Who were, you, who were the Dynamo union reps? Uh, Kofi Sarkoti, Nathan Sturgis, and Brad Davis. Okay, good, because uh, I've talked to a few guys who were reps. So, you know, they were on site. They were obviously plugged in. What was it like for the guys who were just going about their business and practicing with that kind of uncertainty hanging in the air of, okay, what does this all mean? What are, what are we going to be doing this weekend? What was it like for guys like you who, who weren't on the front lines but still were plugged in and obviously uh, cared about what happened? Yeah, you know, we were we were paying attention very closely, and uh, – me personally, I got, I was talking with Kofi a lot. I probably called him uh, more than I should have, <laughs> knowing how busy he was. But, uh, you know, it's just that uh, a lot of us cared about what was going on. And we think that, uh, free agency is a, is a big, important thing for the league. And it, you can kind of tell with uh, all this agency going on in the NFL yesterday, how crazy it got yep. so quickly, uh, by whenever the trade deadline started at 4 p.m. Eastern and all the trades that were made that it, it really is exciting for the fans and uh it's great for the players to uh to move where they want to go and uh play for the teams that they want uh me being a big Texans fan you know it hurt seeing Andre Johnson leave especially, <laughs> especially going to the Colts uh, a team in our division but uh you know um it's um 
free agency. I think it, it, it'll be a, it'll be a long road to get there, but I think it's going to be good for the league once we get it. Well, Tyler, side note: since you brought up football, uh, I'm an Eagles fan, so please don't tell oh, me about man. guys leaving your favorite oh, team. Man. My head's spinning over what's going on in Philadelphia. Oh man, you got Oregon 2.0 <laughs> over there right now. So. For a guy like you, what does the CBA mean? Now, I know you haven't seen the, the finished product yet and haven't had a chance to go over it, but you know, based on the big picture stuff, what are the things that you look at yourself and go, personally, this is something that, that I am glad that we got in? You know, I think it was uh, the jump from uh, minimum salary. I, I'm not on minimum salary, but I think for the guys yeah. that are there right now, I was there on minimum at one point, and to, to jump up as much as it did, uh, it's great for those young players who uh, have aspirations to come to MLS to know that they're not going to be struggling as much going from paycheck to paycheck. And it makes life for them a lot easier. Yeah, and you know, sixty grand is is a is a is a something that you can live off of in most of the cities where MLS is. Whereas, you know, when people first start coming in the league making eighteen five or thirty three, you had a you had to pick up a second job. Now you can make this your career. Oh yeah. It's a it's a great starting point. It gives those players a little bit more incentive to uh, to go for MLS rather than look to go to Europe or go to Mexico or South America. It makes makes MLS a little bit more attractive. Do you watch some Champions League today? Your European UEFA Champions League. I I took a nap during the game and I just finished the ninety minutes of the Chelsea PSG game. So you, wait, you were like on a delay, so you weren't checking any of your social media. I, I, I know, I, I got, I, I messed up. I got on Twitter and I oh. saw the final result. But uh, it's been, a, it's been a great game so far. Wait, so you're one of those, you're one of those people that, even though you're spoiled in the result, you can still go and watch the match. Oh yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably, uh, they, I think they replay it at like two a.m. I'll probably record that one <laughs> and watch it tomorrow. You know, so, I, I love, I love watching. Uh, I love watching Chelsea play. I think Jose Mourinho is a great manager, and I like the way his teams play. And uh, obviously, Zlatan got red carded, and he's <laughs> one of the most exciting players to watch. You know, maybe somebody didn't watch it that's listening to this podcast, Tyler, and you just spoiled it for them. You, you yeah. were spoiled, and now you're spoiling it for other people. <laughs> well, <laughs> then he gets in DVR or something. <laughs> so, well, I mean, put a disclaimer, put a disclaimer up before they watch. Exactly. The Please, before you listen, know that Tyler spoil, spoils Champions League results. <laughs> when you watch these matches, are you watching as a fan? So, like, so I said to you, like, usually when I record a game and I find out what the result is, I usually don't watch the match because it's like, well, what's the, what's the difference? But maybe in your situation, are you looking at it as a more of an analytical point of view? Um. Yes and no. You know, I think uh, I like uh, Salvatore Sirigu is a great goalkeeper, and so is uh, Thibaut Courtois. And uh, they're, they're fun goalkeepers to watch, but I've always been a soccer fan, so I can be a neutral and enjoy the game, watch the midfielders. I think uh, Eden Hazard is a really exciting player to watch. And like I said earlier, unfortunately, Ibrahimovic isn't playing right now, but um, it's a, it's a it's a great tactical match between two really good teams, and I think Chelsea finally has a fair match when they play against a 10-man PSG. I always kind of chuckle when I see a keeper tweet or a post on Facebook about, oh, wow, what a goal, or wow, that was spectacular, and I think to myself, That's, uh, shouldn't you be going for your fellow keepers and always rooting for the spectacular save? Yeah, you know, uh, I watched the uh, the FA Cup game with Man United Arsenal, and Unfortunately, Man U lost, but I'm a big fan of De Gea, and I thought he had some great saves there towards the end. 
Uh, so you, you said, unfortunately, like you're a Man U fan, but then you also said you're a big Jose Mourinho fan and you like watching Chelsea play. Do you have a team, or are you just like a just you just prostitute yourself out to whatever squad's on? Yeah, you, you could. <laughs> I wouldn't use that word prostitute myself out, but you know, I'm a I'm a fan of uh, of of good teams. You could call me a bandwagon fan if you want, but. You know, uh, I just I read the Alex Ferguson uh, biography, and uh, that was a great book. And and uh, I like what Jose Mourinho's done in his career. But uh, yeah, you know, I don't really have a set team that I support, but uh, I do like the uh, the good clubs that are used to winning. No, that's fine. I, my my thing always was I was a big fan of the Dutch national team. So whatever English league team had the most Dutch players on, I would kind of gravitate towards that because I was like, oh, I want to follow the other Dutch guys. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I actually, I heard a funny story today about the Ajax youth system. Yes, yes, and, please. Uh, we were, uh, I was in the gym uh, this afternoon and I was talking to the personal trainer today and uh, he was talking about how he hears stories about how the Ajax youth team, they have their kids, they do uh, gymnastics and judo. They do half uh, football training, soccer training, and the other half they're doing either judo or gymnastics, which I thought was like really interesting. And they'll have games they make up where they'll fill a, a medicine ball up with half water and have them be on a balance beam. Oh, and they wow. have to learn how to use their body control in certain ways because in soccer, you can only learn so much from body control. And then once you do these other sports, like gymnastics, judo, like for me, I played basketball and football growing up also. And you learn a lot of these other body control uh, moves playing other sports, but since they're just playing soccer, they do judo and gymnastics. So that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, we all know the the having diversity of in in your athletic life, especially when you're a youngster, kind of helps you in different aspects. But it's it's interesting that Ajax would say, as part of their program, you need to learn how to do gymnastics and, and judo. Yeah, well, they have one of the best youth teams uh, and youth systems, so they're, they're doing something right. You know, you mentioned you played basketball and football growing up. Uh, what position did you play in football, Tyler? Uh, I was a strong safety. Oh, interesting, interesting. And you are uh, your Texas guy, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I know some. Every everybody plays football here in Texas, so it's just one of those things. Yeah, I I hear though, uh, you you had a shutdown game against Des Bryant once. Is is that true or you, you you're talking to you talking to Bobby Boswell? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, you, so, so you shut him down, so that right? Game, that game, he had probably like. 20, 21, 22 catches, what? seven touchdowns, and over like 250 yards. I'm not making up the stat line. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Had, I talked over you a little bit. You said, you said, you said, how many catches? Yeah, I think he had, he had over 20 catches for sure. It was either 20, 21, 22 catches, and he had seven touchdowns for sure because that number, I'll remember that forever. <laughs> seven and touchdowns, uh, Tyler. Seven. I, pro- I promise. He was, he is the most unbelievable football <laughs> player I've ever seen. Now going into the match, did you did you uh, the game? Did you think to yourself, "Oh, Des Bryant, I've heard of him, read about him in the papers, saw some film on him. This is going to be a tough matchup." Or did you go in going, "This guy's going to run all over us"? Uh, it was more like just kind of fend for your life, and uh, hopefully uh, he won't embarrass you too much. Okay, so at what point of the game does do, do the entire secondary just look around and go, "We're in trouble, man. We are in trouble here." I think after uh, after the third touchdown, before halftime, it was like let's just <laughs> let's just try and keep this under a respectable amount. And then he went for four more on you in the second half. Yeah, wasn't on me. I had oh we had here we go. Trouble. We, had, we had some corner trouble and some, <laughs> uh, some, 
some trouble out there, but yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things where you're like, I can barely play football. <laughs> I need to change my career. My so- I think soccer's the way to go. Was there a lot of looking around at cornerbacks and other safeties going, where's my help? I, I thought I was getting help on that play. Yeah, towards the end of the game, or they, their, their team was unbelievable. He's from Lufkin, which is a really small town, about an like hour and a half north of Houston. And uh, their, their whole town just shuts down. It, it is like that movie Friday Night Lights. Yeah. You can't go, you can't get anything in a store. You can't get anything to eat at a restaurant. Everybody's at the football game. So, well, how they end actually, up? How did they end up playing you guys? Oh, uh, we have we have a. They joined our conference uh, that first year. So, got it. You know, uh, it was uh, we we um, we uh, opened up the conference quite a bit. So. <laughs> But you know, it was a great experience. Yeah, I got some good stories to tell on the radio now. I just, I love that he, uh, I love that they just kept him in, even though he went for seven touchdowns. Like, was it was it close or was it a blowout that they just were like, you know what, keep Des in? Well, the or the rumor was that Urban Meyer when he oh. was in the stands. Urban Meyer and Les Miles were in the were in the crowd watching him play. So, <laughs> so he, he, they were probably doing some scouting for him. Okay, so I guess at that point is when you really decided let's focus on soccer. Uh, I've got some skills in that regard. Des can't Des can't hold a candle to me in soccer. Let me try uh, life on the pitch from here on out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know it, it was different back then to how it is now with the academy system. Yeah, because you could play for your high school soccer team, you could play for the academy, you could also play for your club team. So for a couple of years there, I was playing on three different soccer teams. And for people who don't know, uh, Tyler was was one of the first homegrown signings from from any academy, not just Houston Dynamo. Um, what is it like, or what has been for you the the change that you've seen as you see kids coming through the Dynamo Academy now from then when you were in the, the academy back when it first was getting started? Uh, I'm jealous of what they got right now. You know, it, it's the, the the backing they get from Adidas, the equipment they get all for free. And uh, it, it's great for them, but I get a little bit jealous that they have all these uh, resources at their availability. And uh, growing up, it was a little bit different for me. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and it made me who I am today, so I can't complain too much. Well, let me ask you this, and I know you wouldn't change your experience for, for the world, but I, I do want to get the peek inside of the mind of a, maybe of a 13-year-old kid right now who who's getting some interest from, from an MLS academy. If you could do it today, would you have gone to college or would you have stayed in the academy and just continued to grow and try to get to the first team that way? Um, me personally, I would have gone to college. You know, the, you can't get the college experience where you're, you're living on your own. You have to go to class. You have to go to soccer. You know, you have to go to soccer practice. You know, it's a big, uh, it's a big learning curve and it's a, it's a great experience for anybody. If you're, I kind of feel back they talk to some kids who didn't go to college and, they're not going to have the, the friends that I've made and the experience I had in college. It's, uh, it, it's nothing you can't get anywhere else. So you go to a, you do a year at North Carolina, and yeah. then you, you basically sit behind Tally for, for the next four and a half years. Um, how do you stay sharp over that long of a period of time? And, and at any point did you think to yourself, you know, I might have to go somewhere else to get my shot? Well, uh, you know, I wasn't. It was. I wasn't ever thinking about going anywhere else because I'm from Houston. I played for the academy team, and ever since I was 16, I signed with the academy. It was one of those things where it's your goal to be the Houston Dynamo goalkeeper. So the option of going anywhere else really wasn't in my mind. 
And uh, but at the same time, if there was like a second division team that needed a goalkeeper for one game, I would I would go and play. Uh, I went and played for the San Antonio Scorpions for like two or three games throughout a whole season. I would drive up to San Antonio, drive back to Houston, mm-hmm. and um, so it was just one of those things where you got to take it a day at a time and try and get better each day. You can't really think about, oh man, I'm not going to play this season. I think that would just demoralize your spirits. You got to kind of stay positive and uh, be upbeat about it and just kind of work at it each day instead of looking at this giant year that you're probably not going to get any playing time. Did Tally reach out to you after uh, last weekend's exploits by yourself? He did. He did. He texted me a good game and uh, he was happy for me. That's it, man. Four years, I'm, I'm, I'm your understudy, and uh, I, I explode onto the scene with my first match as the unquestioned starter of Dynamo, and, and my, my, my old mentor just gives me a, hey, good game. No, nah, there, there was a little bit of banter going okay, on. Okay, good. He kind of he, he kind of made fun of me for not having any product in my hair, and I'm <laughs> kind of looking a little shaggy, but, you know, uh, it, it's nothing I didn't expect from Tally. How much did last year, the being able to start the second half of last year, and I know starting is starting no matter what time of year, but I would imagine you have a lot of pressure on you right now uh, with Tally gone and you being the number one in Houston. It had to be a little bit alleviated by the fact that you know what you can do based off of what you were able to do last season uh, over the course of the last half of the year. Yeah, you know, uh, the last uh, 10 games of the season was huge, especially coming to this year. You know, I, I – I learned a lot from – you can practice with guys and learn their tendencies, but once you get into the games, you learn about their movement and their positioning and what, what you need to do, and you build those relationships. And uh, I think it was, uh, it was really important for me to, to learn about like, what DeMarcus Beasley wants and what he likes on the field and Jermaine Taylor and obviously Raul Rodriguez yeah. is new this year and uh, what Kofi Sarkozy, what his tendencies are in the game. And I think uh, those are really important uh, to get because the preseason here is so short that the 10 games last year were almost like a a preseason, if you will, uh, leading into this year. I I know you're professional, and I know that you've got to put that all-confident thing forward. But you had to go home after that match and give yourself a little fish pump when you walk in the door going, yes, I nailed that. Well, I, I I told myself that I was never going to get too high on myself and never get too low throughout the course of the season. So, you know, about an hour after the game, I was I was pleased with my performance. But once I went home, uh, and then the next day, Orlando City was on playing New York. Um, they were playing on ESPN. Yep. So I was once I watched the Orlando game, it was like, all right, let's go today. Let's go to Orlando. That's our focus right now. Last yesterday doesn't mean anything. What has your impressions been of Owen Coyle thus far? Uh, his enthusiasm for the game, I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, it really is uh, infectious throughout the whole team and contagious. And um, I, I love playing for the guy. I want to win for him now. And I know I've only known him for a couple months now, but he, he's the guy we, we all want to play for. And uh, 
and we want to get results for him. And obviously, here's your chance to to show some love to your coach because you know you don't often see guys with his resume in Europe uh, come into MLS and then come into MLS and be successful. And I'm thinking specifically right now about uh, Rude Hullet and. Uh, the way that he, if you if you take Grant Wall's book at face value, the way he underestimated or maybe even kind of undersold what MLS was. Obviously, you haven't seen any of that from Owen Coyle. How has his respect level for the league and for you guys been so far? Oh, it's, he's been uh, he's been extremely respectful of us and the teams that we play against. You know, uh, he says to respect the other teams; they're, they're full of quality. But uh, if we bring our quality to the game, then it's going to be a good a good match for us, and uh, he's been he's been really great for the league. And I know he, he showed interest because we played against Bolton in a charities game with the Dynamo. I forgot what year it was. I think it might have been 2011. I'm not exactly sure, uh, but uh, he he's been he's been to the states to play MLS teams, and uh, so he showed some interest there for a while. And the fact that he brought Sandy Stewart, his longtime assistant, just shows his commitment to uh, to the team. What's been his biggest adjustment to the United States? Oh, I think uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't really know exactly what his personal adjustment was to the states. But um, oh man, that's a that's a tough question to answer right now. And I I'm think, you uh, know, and Tyler, you know, I'm talking about off the pitch. I, I'm not really so much concerned about on the pitch. He's 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 a, he's a guy. He's a coach. He's been doing it a long time. What is some things that maybe happened during uh, training camp where you were like, dude, you can't do that here anymore. You can't do that. We're in the United States now. You're not over in England. Okay. Well, this is this is uh, this happened the very first week we were here. We were playing a preseason game, and. Uh, everybody's phone in the locker room had an amber alert and it was going off and everybody's phone was ringing. Like, cause I guess a car was stolen around Houston or whatever. So everybody's phone was going off and we're in the middle of a halftime speech. And you can't turn like, that off. Three guys' phones are going off and he comes back in and he goes, what the hell is an amber <laughs> alert? <laughs> so we had explained to him like, Oh, it's just a, everybody's cell phone. will get a message saying something bad happened around you. And if you see like a missing Dodge, sedan and let the police know so that was probably what i've noticed is something i've never seen before and he's flying he's flying off the handle because everybody's phones are on and you're like no no no, hang on hang on coach you can't turn yeah. these off these these automatically come through there, there were some fines handed out but i think you're a bit <laughs> lenient about holding that against us uh before i let you go tyler tell me about spring texas spring texas it's uh there's nothing really. Uh, <laughs> there's not much to say to, about spring. <laughs> yeah, there's not. You know, we got uh, we got we have a, we have about two golf courses out there. Uh, one of them's really nice. The other one's not so nice. And uh, it's a it's a just a suburb neighborhood where everybody gets along. Everybody's really nice. You know, typical Texas town. You go about 15 minutes north, and you'll, you'll find some horses and some some barns and, and some uh, pretty pretty Texas things out there. Well, how far is it from, from Houston proper? And I ask because, I, I mean, I don't know. I've never been. So I, I, We're in Washington, D.C., so it's a little bit different. What, how far from the from the metropolitan is, area is it? It's a 45-minute drive without traffic, an hour-and-a-half drive with traffic. And um, it's on the north northwest side of uh houston you know it's a it's a great little town so trips to houston were a big deal for you growing up i would imagine sorry trips to houston were a big deal because you probably didn't go that much 
No, no, I didn't really go downtown too much. And to be honest, whenever I moved downtown, I didn't like it at all. You know, I saw I didn't I hated paying for parking and driving up parking garages and uh, one way streets. I did not get along with for a while. You know, it took me a while to figure all those out. But, uh, you know, I think I adjusted pretty well. I was very upset because I was looking up Spring, Texas, and I, they have, obviously, in Wikipedia, notable people. Y- Tyler Derrick wasn't, wasn't listed yet. Really? No. Jim, Jim Parsons of Big Bang Theory, of course, he's going to get mentioned. But, but no yeah. Tyler Derrick yet. Yeah, well, Lyle, Love, Lyle Lovett's from Spring, Lyle Texas. Lyle Lovett's. So. There you go. Yeah. And then I saw, I yeah. saw a guy, uh, Chris Hed- Hedrick. And I was like, yes, the exactly. And I said, I said, Tyler, Tyler's probably more famous than him. And then I saw that he won a couple. He's won five medals. And I was like, all right, maybe Tyler isn't more famous than him. Yeah, I remember in high school we had a we had a parade going down the <laughs> street of nice. for, for Chris Hendricks. Well, I'm just gonna let you know right now, Tyler. When there is a Tyler Derrick parade in spring, I'm gonna be there. I'm just gonna, just gonna tell oh, you right now. I'm coming. Can't wait. We'll get you VIP tickets and everything. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe this is an off the wall question, but last thing for you: Was your mom a history fan? Because I know your first name's John, so I think John Tyler. I'm thinking former president. Did that have anything yeah. to do with your name? Uh, no, it's more of a, a family thing. My dad is John Mark Derrick. Got it. I know John Tyler, the 10th president of the United States. Oh, look at you! Favorite president. <laughs> but yeah, I know a little bit about my, my U.S. history. Did, did you say that's but, your uh, favorite no, president? It's a family thing. My, my dad's John Mark Derrick, and he goes by Mark, so I think my older brother's a little bit bitter about that one not being named John, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, did you say John Tyler is your favorite president? Yes, That's yes. nice. Well, you, you got it. I mean, seriously, who else <laughs> could it be for you? <laughs> of course. Well, Tyler, fantastic start to the Dynamo season, and uh, best of luck. Thank you for taking some time, and good luck the rest of the year, my friend. Thanks for having me, Greg. Show information, go to pitchpass.com.